BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. Welcome to episode 93 of a Love Food Podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. Do you have a health condition that has complicated your food peace journey? Maybe you have high cholesterol, diabetes, maybe you have IBS or PCOS. Maybe you have a diagnosis that makes it really tough to not go down that rabbit hole, that diet rabbit hole. (laughs) Well, I have a guest expert who's coming on the Love Food Podcast today to help me answer a letter from someone who's experiencing a health condition. She's experiencing IBS and also trying to make peace with food to finally have food and body freedom. Do you want that too? Oh, yes. I want that for you as well. And I know you can make it happen even as you're affected by another health condition. Anna Sweeney is someone that is talking a lot about this intersection of health conditions and intuitive eating and weight-inclusive interventions. So I'm really excited for you to hear everything she has to say. I also want to say a very special hello to those of you who are at Fency right as I speak. Maybe you're walking through the expo hall with the bazillion of people and the fun free samples and um, lots of great conversation. If you're wondering what Fancy is, well, it stands for the Food and Nutrition Conference and Expo. What you really need to know about it is it's basically the Super Bowl for dietitians. And I'm there right now. And if you're listening to this live and you're a dietitian, come find me. I would love to meet up with you. And It's always a fun event, lots of great conversation. 
I also find it's one that I'm challenged a lot because of my views against diets and using only weight-inclusive interventions. I love the challenge. I love the conversation. I love the debate. So come find me. Let's talk about it. Before we get to this episode's letter, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace course. It's called Your Step-by-Step Guide to PCOS and Food Peace. You know, I finally, after decades long work as a dietitian, I have finally cracked a code to helping you make peace with food, even affected by PCOS. Yes, I have come up with a step-by-step system. We have a course that's going on right now and women are finally experiencing food and body freedom. It is so exciting. And I really appreciate all the support they're giving each other. It is amazing in our Facebook group, the stuff that's happening. Enrollment is currently closed for the course, but it will be opening again soon this January, 2018. Yes, National Dieting Month. I will give you the antidote. (laughs) I will give you a way to make peace with food, even affected by PCOS. To get on the wait list, go to PCOSandFoodPeace.com. All right, enough of that. Let's get to this episode's letter. Dear Food, I love you. I always have. I love tastes and textures. I love experimenting with flavor profiles and feeding people. I love you so much that people look at me funny if I ever really start talking about you because my ardor is not normal in their eyes. Unfortunately, it's not all rainbows and roses. Much as I love you, I try to control you as much I can. I have suffered from disordered eating since I was about 12. Because my love for you was seen as negative, my parents tried to help me the best they knew how. My father encouraged me to watch my weight and my mother modeled yo-yo dieting. 20 years later, I'm very good at restricting my intake of you. My relationship with you continued to deteriorate throughout my teens and 20s. I could blame it all on having IBS. And I legitimately thought I was helping myself be healthy by eating under X amount of calories a day. I know now that I was damaging my body and making my pain worse. In the last six months, I have discovered intuitive eating and have started to recover from decades of restricting. My weight has yet to stabilize, and that is very scary to me. Our relationship is getting better, but it feels a long way from normal. Love, Recovering Romantic. Hi, Recovering Romantic. Thanks so much for your note. I appreciate it very much. You bring up some really important points about how our relationship with food can be complicated. And by that, I don't mean just the typical family traditions that are passed down on how to diet and hate your body and how the world is so fat phobic and makes us freak out about trusting ourselves, but the experience and the intersection of intuitive eating or healing your relationship with food with a health condition. It can make it really tough to navigate how to make food choices, especially because so many people and so many conditions are tangled up with weight as part of health. 
I cannot wait for you to hear from Anna Sweeney. She's a dietitian that I've gotten to know over the years who has a lot to say about this intersection. So let's go ahead and give her a call. Hello. Hi, Anna. It's Julie Duffy Dillon. How are you? Hi, Julie. I'm great. Thanks so much for calling. Oh, yes. I am so excited to talk to you. And I can't wait for us to have the chance to really dive into this letter. Did you get a chance to read it yet? I absolutely did. Awesome. So, oh, this letter. Well, this person is experiencing things that I I hear often. And I have a feeling there's people listening who are like, oh, my gosh, I can totally relate to this. And when you read it, what was your general impression about what what she's experiencing? So uh, to be clear, the first thing that I actually experienced was just like I had a moment of just putting my hand on my heart and feeling like, oh, my gosh, I really just wish for so much self-compassion for this woman um, and just really feeling the importance of her being really gentle with that part of herself that loves food. Because that is that is a part that so many of my clients um, talk about with some degree of concern or confusion. But I think that that is such a wise part when we are actually not looking at food from a judgmental space and are just really curious. Most of us are going to come back to food and say we love it because we because food is awesome and we actually love it. Right. You know, so many people will say that to me about their children or someone in their life. There's like this concern if their kid is really into food or learning about food or wants to talk about it or enjoys it. I know my son, he's almost five and he even like almost sings when he eats or hums. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know how I I know other Mm -hmm. people have kids who've done that, but um, it's almost like this pure joy coming out, especially when it's like peanut butter or something. So um, I wonder what makes that scary for people? You know, why, why that, why that's so threatening? Well, I think, I mean, I, I completely agree with you with one of my favorite things to do, and this is not like a creepy pastime, but I love, I love watching kids eat because you can see <laughs> a really natural intuitive eating experience happen before the impact of diet culture has actually affected them. When you can see just a really, really raw and authentic relationship with food that is being forged and it's not about fear and it's not about anything other than just like, Oh my gosh, this tastes amazing. That, Mm -hmm. that is just such a blissful and joyful experience. Um, and as your writer said, you know, unfortunately it's not all rainbows and roses. I think that the rainbows and roses for many people actually start kind of falling away when One, I think people around them start to provide feedback about what they're eating. So I I read what this writer wrote about really loving food and really having like a very positive experience with it and then having that positive experience be met by questions or concern or advice suggesting that that's wrong. Um that that for me was just like, oh my gosh, that's just, ouch, that's so tricky. It is. Uh, and, yeah, I agree. It's really tricky. Best of intentions, because I don't think that her, her parents or powerful people in her life 
we're, we're looking to do her any harm. And this, that's the danger of diet culture because it is so insidious um, and so omnipresent. The idea that this human experiencing food in a really positive way um, and then potentially based on, and I couldn't really read this, but based on her, her body or her, um, just the degree of excitement she had around food, perhaps that made the people around her uncomfortable. Um, it made, it made me really want to, I, I don't know, kind of just stick up for her and welcome her back to the world of being excited with food. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about like, when did she start to, oh, she said mm-hmm. 12 is when she started to experience disordered eating. So mm-hmm. somewhere at 10 and 11, she got the message that, yeah, we really shouldn't trust our body. And yeah. what a horrible thing. And I, I feel like that's such a common theme that I hear whenever I talk about intuitive eating, either with a new client or a person in my life, or, um, you know, when it's like that first exposure and people are often like, oh, well, but I, but I care about my health and I care about, yeah. I yep. wouldn't that be just like making myself so unhealthy. And it's that, why can't we trust our body? Like our body wants us to be successful humans. It wants us to mm-hmm. be well and energized and, um, yeah, why can't Anna, why can't we like help this culture? Like just hurry up and change that. Like, I feel like that's just like this assumption that I can't stand. It's an assumption that I can't stand either. And I think that that's why, well, that's certainly why I exist on this planet. And I feel pretty confidently in saying that that's part of the reason why you exist on this planet too, is to help move our culture away from this fear mongering space that says mm-hmm. food and bodies are wrong or are to be contained or corrected. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. really, I think about, I think about the foods that people talk about, you know, I, I don't have control with X, Y, or Z food. It's never an innocuous item. It's some food that has been charged way, way long prior to the conversation that I'm having with that client. And really just thinking about the idea of like, what would it be like if we actually felt the same way about carrots as we do about cake? And why don't we? Why, mm-hmm. why do we have such strong feelings about foods as being kind of righteous or not? Um, and one thing that I talk with my clients a lot about is the idea of like, we don't really have the choice about who, who teaches us, who gives us the initial messages about food. And it might be the people who raise us and it might be our teachers and it might be a mentor or a friend. Um, so because of the fact that we don't get we don't get to choose who actually is giving us those initial influential pieces of information. We do have the ability to choose who our unteachers are going to be. Ooh, and like, that's a good, that's a good word. I like that. Un- unteachers. Unlearn, right? What mm-hmm. do I need to unlearn to take care of myself? And I believe that to recover from a life that has been kind of inundated with diet culture there is no small amount of unlearning that needs to occur. We need to be able to say at one point, this maybe served someone somewhere on some planet, but it's no longer serving me. And one of the difficult parts about that being someone who is saying, I'm going to be an unlearner means automatically being a rebel and automatically doing things that are different from that of most of the people around them. And 
I think that there's so much power in that, but I also recognize that's a really difficult thing. Mm -hmm. It's exhausting. You know, you're already having to deal with the um, complicated, tangled up stuff in our brain, excuse me, but then the world's also telling you that that is just too radical, you know, and, um, but it's a really, it's a hard fight, but it's a good one. But Mm -hmm. I'm wondering something that this letter writer mentions having IBS and, you know, you and I both work with clients with eating disorders. So we know that's a common experience just from eating disorders, Mm -hmm. right? So is there anything in particular that you have, you would think about that part of her letter? So I think about the idea when I have a client that comes to me with IBS, I think the first thing that I really want to do is really validate that that is a very real experience. And I I think the number of people who have said, oh, I have IBS, so I can't eat X, Y, or Z foods. And the way that a person would actually reduce the quality or the, not the quality necessarily, but the quantity of foods that they are actually quote, like allowing themselves to eat and how, how much that actually does line up with, with the things that are reflected in diet culture. So we think about like gluten-free and dairy-free and soy-free and corn-free and taste-free and all, you know, all of that (laughs) stuff. Um, I think that it's really important to recognize that a body that is not being appropriately nourished, any body, it doesn't matter the size of the body, any body that is not being appropriately nourished. And in my opinion, appropriate nourishment is also about satisfaction. So allowing uh, anybody that's not getting nutrition, nutrition that, you know, nourishes a system, but also having a positive and satisfying experience with eating is pretty likely to have gastric experiences that are really unpleasant. And I'm grateful to read in this letter that she recognizes that it's not actually about eating X number of calories or restricting to X number of calories or changing her diet in some elaborate way. Um, or she's recognizing that now, but I do, I do know. And I wonder if you see the same thing. I imagine that you do. There are lots of clients who you know, because of the fact that diet culture and these ideals are so innocuous, you know, if my neighbor's cat goes gluten free and the cat feels better, then I should probably go gluten free too. And we really need to be able to break away from those damaging kind of ideals because the only way to actually heal a gut is with, with adequate and appropriate nutrition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so one of the, the one of the groups of people I specialize in working with are women with PCOS. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are people who have conditions that may not be related to the restriction. Of course, yep. there's people walking around with IBS who have it not related to restriction. And yep. I, I, I know that's something that you have been discussing more. Um, you know, I've been listening to your interviews and things about even just the intersection of when someone's experiencing a, a condition or disease or a syndrome or something and how that affects their intuitive eating and, um, you know, healing the relationship with food and body. So, you know, what would you say to this person if that's something that they're experiencing too? So I, and I actually will speak a little bit from just from personal experience without speaking too much about myself, but I, I feel really strongly that kind of quote unquote therapeutic diets are offered by, you know, chiropractors and dietitians and naturopaths, well, whomever. There are lots of people that are offering therapeutic diets for management of chronic or not chronic disease. And 
I feel exceptionally confident in saying that if someone is going to follow any sort of diet, it is not in fact going to be something that connects them to their intuitive wisdom. And that is in, in my opinion and in my experience, something that is really, really, really damaging, especially if someone say this woman with IBS believes that if she knocks out her calories or if she changed her diet, that she would feel better. And then there's that ultimate disappointment of like, shoot, and I still feel yucky, but I followed this diet perfectly or I did these things perfectly. That is a really, really disappointing feeling. I think that there is so much to be gained by being able to really tune in and really listen to what it is that your body is looking for. And it gives you the ability to actually be reactive and responsive. So you can pick out and say, this food actually makes my stomach not feel good as compared to these are just foods that I'm uniformly going to cut out. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know if that makes sense. It does. And I feel like that's the thing that I'm noticing with women with PCOS as well is that the intuitive eating experience almost like once we can quiet a lot of the noise of diet culture and and any medications they may need to use to help, you know, just not be in chronic pain. Um, of course. But then, you know, the eating experience, yeah, they, their body lets them know, you know, this this feels good and this doesn't. And I, I feel like there's this belief that for many conditions that you have to be just, you have to just deal with the torture of some diet because it's going to help long-term, almost like a guilt trip. You know, you have to do this in order or you're just going to be throwing your health away. And what a horrible, crappy, um, I don't know, I feel like it preys on some vulnerability. And so I appreciate what you said, how it, how those kinds of plans end up disconnecting you from that wisdom, you know, that very Mm -hmm. wisdom that helped promote health. It keeps you from that. Yes. Without any question, without any question. And obviously if somebody is allergic to a food or, you know, if you're, if you have an anaphylactic response to something, be thoughtful about that. But basically all foods fit. And I really, really, really believe Mm -hmm. that our bodies, our bodies know what's up. Yeah. It's when we start messing with our bodies and saying, you don't know what's going on. That's when our bodies start kind of revolting and saying, I don't, I don't like, I don't know what to do. Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, that's so helpful. Well, you know, we have the, this uh, food piece syllabus as a part of the show. And if, if you're new to the podcast, it's a list of resources like books and podcasts and anything under the sun that we have found over the last 93 episodes that help further enhance our relationship with food and body. And I'm wondering, Anna, do you have anything that you want to add to it? I I would love to add a couple of things. I'm sure they're probably already on your, it's your okay. Um, but I am having a lot of client success with the intuitive eating, um, the the actual workbook, mm-hmm. especially because I think you know reading the book is is a fantastic thing, and depending on access to a dietitian, the workbook and a thoughtful intuitive eating oriented dietitian. Um, with, I mean, in the absence of a professional, I think the workbook is actually really, really, really lovely. I would also add Linda Bacon's Body Respect. And for this client, I think Body Kindness by Rebecca Scritchfield would actually be a really great addition. Mm-hmm. Oh, those are all great. Very, I'm writing these all down. <laughs> I can't write fast enough. But um, yeah, we'll add all those to it because I feel like those are all really important 
resources. And I, the workbook, I haven't been able to get through all of it yet because it's it's one that makes me like sit and just have to think, you know, uh-huh. it's it's, uh-huh. A, it's a great addition um, for sure. So um, thank you for that. And Anna, I really appreciate your wisdom, your compassion. And um, if someone wants to find out more about you, you know, if they are interested in hearing more about your work, what's the best way for people to connect? So you, there are a couple of different ways. Um, I, on Instagram and on, uh, Twitter, I am at dietitian Anna. My business is whole life nutrition counseling. And so you can find me on Facebook by way of whole life nutrition counseling. And my website is www.wholeliferd.com. Awesome. We'll put those in the show notes so you don't have to write those down. Um, Thank you. You know, it was so great to talk to you. I really appreciate your voice and contributing to this conversation and helping this letter writer out. Um, You know, thank you. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks so much, Julie. Take care. You too. All right. There you have it. I hope for you, Recovering Romantic, that gave you some clarity and maybe just something to think about as you're moving forward. I know you have many different directions to go and many different people and places and things in our world that are trying to sway you to go certain directions. But I hope you remember that you're the one that has the answer. You're the one that has the wisdom. So I got to get going because I see that food has written back and I'm excited to hear what food has to say. Be sure to check out this episode's sponsor, my step-by-step guide to PCOS and food peace. You can get on the wait list for the next time enrollment opens at PCOSandfoodpeace.com. All right, please keep us posted, letter writer. Let us know how things are going. Until then, take care. Dear food, we used to enjoy each other's company. Our connection has brought so much joy. How did you stop trusting us? You've had the wisdom all along, brave one. Your feelings of pleasure indicated a healthy relationship for us. We know you don't always feel well and have tried to manipulate us to improve your body image and health. Please know that restriction, distrust, and manipulation disconnects you from that health-promoting innate wisdom. You can unlearn what your family in this world taught you. Choose your unteachers wisely, and they can walk alongside you to where you crave to go. Love, food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.